Hello, and welcome back to Two Bar Stools and a Knife, talking about the hospitality industry then, now, and in the future. From FIU Chaplin School of Hospitality and Tourism Management and the Bacardi Center of Excellence, I'm Professor Nathan Dodge, joined by Professor Brian Connors and, and Professor Gabe Arutia. Arutia! Arutia! Thank you for having yeah. me again. Well, you know, um, I guess uh, with Chef Massey being out today, Brian's going to be our our, not, our knife for the day. Yep. I could be the knife. Uh, so... Uh, I, I did introduce you, Gabe, as Professor Gabe. What's what's it like to now be a professor? How cool it's, is that? Such an honor. I, I, you know, when I hang out with these students in the School of Hospitality at the Bacardi Center of Excellence, I honestly, I'm inspired by them. I'm inspired by their hunger for this industry, which I didn't see in the past. So I'm excited to see how we continue to evolve this. So it's, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited to be a small part of a very exciting time in FIU's history. You know, it really is an exciting time. We've got so much stuff going on. With classes are going well. South Beach Wine and Food Festival is coming up. That's going to be in May. Um, we're working on some cool coffee and tea classes. Um, we got another donation from one of our big donors. Like a lot of cool stuff is going on right now. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really fun time to be a part of FIU. So, so welcome. Brian, what's going on Bacardi World before we start talking with our guest? Do you guys know we're launching Bar Project 2021 tomorrow? Uh, yeah, we are so excited. Uh, Gabe, Gabe Arutia is going to be part of our launch series tomorrow as our MC. So thank you in advance for that, Gabriel. Of course. But, uh, you know, it's been a long time coming. A lot of us have been on the phone calls now for months. Uh, and we're finally getting ready to launch Bar Project 21. 2021. I've been doing a lot of interviews outside, talking about it, hyping it up because, wow, what an amazing opportunities where students can join the movement. You like that, guys? Join the movement, mm -hmm. uh, rethink, reshape, and reimagine what's going to be taking place in the hospitality segment, not just the beverage segment, but the hospitality segment. So we've tapped some incredible industry pros. Gabe Ruti and I will be joined tomorrow by Andrew Zimmer, uh, chef from the Food Network, uh, as well as your friends, uh, another Gabe. Oh, we, Gabe's everywhere from Barley lab uh, are helping out with that. Uh, Leo from uh, the Nomad. I mean, the, the list goes on in there. And not to mention an incredible lineup of our friends and family from uh, Primos and Primas from Bacardi. Uh, we're going to be talking about sustainability. Uh, our friend Heidi Vargas is joined. I mean, the list just keeps going. So as you can probably tell, we are really excited about the launch tomorrow. So if you're listening now uh, and it's Friday when we drop this one, there's still time. Get involved. Check it out. And of course, uh, we will be rebroadcasting or reposting uh, seminars as well as fireside chats when they're edited and available and that will be on Bacardi Teach. Uh, but besides that, that's probably, Nathan, you know, one of the things, because again, it's all part of the Bacardi Innovation Fund and we're really uh, supporting giving back. So this is about tapping into the new minds, creative minds, innovative minds of tomorrow to kind of solve the problems of today. So that was that was nicely put, wasn't it? That, that was, yeah. That's, you should be Thank a speaker. You, yeah, yeah. you know, Andrew Zimmer has, you know, I've met him several times at South Beach Wine and Food Festival and he's always been so gracious. And he really, really respects what our students are doing. I don't know if he respects us or not, but he respects what our <laughs> students are doing when they graduate. And, and really, the we're turning out some amazing students out into the world um, of hospitality. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, Andrew's right. going to be great. I'm looking forward to that. All of all of our speakers and everyone we've asked with a few people just didn't have the time, had to, had time constraints due to their restaurants coming back online. But everybody's, you know, giving and taking part of this. So Very cool. So uh, 
Brian, you want to do the uh, introduction? I would love to. I would love to. Hey, you know, if you're watching things right now on social media and the beverage segment and so forth, uh, you might have noticed that there's been an incredible drop this week of the Bacardi Trend Report for 2021. Uh, and what a great time for us to talk about uh, what's going on in industry as well. So uh, Gabby McCoy is joining us, uh, the director from the Bacardi side. She'll be telling us a little bit about herself. But today's topic is all about kind of the state of the industry, what we're seeing for 2021. So it's great to have Gabe Rutia as well here uh, because we'll be getting some insights from him. But without further ado, uh, Gabby McCoy, welcome to Two Bar Stools and a Knife. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You can tell we're not a fun bunch at all. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> you know, Gabby, before we get into the 2021 trend report, you know, I'd love to learn a little bit about, you know, your background, your journey into the beverage segment. And probably one of my favorite things to say is, what's your story? Sure. Um, I always find it exciting to talk about uh, my journey and insights from burgers to condoms to dishwashing soap and now to booze. Um, I think it's a very fun journey. But um you know, I always, when I think about how I landed where I'm at, um, I love that Steve Jobs quote, the one where he says, you can never really, you know, know where you're going to go looking forward, and but you can if you connect the dots looking backwards. So looking backwards and kind of looking at the three things that shaped um, and led me to where I'm at. Um, the first one is I a very curious little creature. Um, I think the first word that I uttered my, to my mom was why. Um, and I didn't suffer from stranger danger. So I'm always like, you know, as a little child talking to strangers and wanting to see what people were doing and observing behavior. Um, and then the second thing was I was born a product junkie. So as a small child, I was always like coming up with new innovations and, you know, mixing perfumes and selling it to my friends and figuring out any kind of product. And um, little did I know back then that it was marketing what I was doing. Um, and then the last thing, kind of the last theme that led me to where I'm at is I suffer from wanderlust. So I was born in Caracas, Venezuela, um, and I've gone to 50 countries plus. And um, I always say my favorite country is the one that I've yet to go to. So I've been very enthralled by like different cultures. So if you looking back and if you connect someone that is, you know, intensely curious about people, a product junkie, someone that suffers from wanderlust. That's kind of how you get someone who ends up in studying people and their interactions with brands. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. That's I love amazing. that. I, and I just love the direction you went in there. You know, as a, as a brand marketing guy that I did that in my master's study too, I was just like, oh yeah, I totally get that, you know, and, and how we interact with things that are going on. Uh, Nathan Eugene Dodge talking about stranger danger. Let's throw it over to you. <laughs> All right. So, you know, this year is a little bit different than normal. Um, I, I don't know if you noticed that or not, but we, we've had like a pandemic and stuff. Um, so what, what's the future looking like? What's the past looking like? Really, what did you see last year that uh, didn't happen? What are we looking at this year? And, and you know, everything in between. Um, well, I would say that the first thing that, um, yes, by the way, I agree. I fully agree. The world has changed significantly in the past year. Um, I would say the biggest change is that we're seeing the rise of the home premise when you think about uh, cocktail consumption. Obviously, we used to talk a lot about the off-premise and then the on-premise, and now there's the home premise. And this is really about a social phenomena called hiving. So if you imagine like honeybees like buzzing around the hives, 
um, people are buzzing around their homes and everything is happening all the energy around the home. Um, it's about, you know, they're connecting at home, they're working from home or working, they're resting, they're partying, they're doing everything, they're consuming um, cocktails from home. So um, that's kind of like the first thing that we're seeing. Um, and because of that, because of everything is happening in the home, um, we've also seen this huge rise of people uh, who are tapping into their inner mixologist um, they're coming up with ways to discover and explore and kind of carve out little moments of joy um, and to do things that make them excited at home. So cocktail making at home is also a big one. Now, let's talk about your what, what you do and really how is what you do also changed as far as coming up with, you know, what people think, coming up with these trends. Sure. So... I get to have the fun part of um, obsessing with our humans and how Bacardi connects with them. And this is really anything that the brand touches. So it can be anything from a TV ad to a new product, to an experience, obviously to our beautiful cocktails, anything that helps to kind of connect Bacardi and all our brands um, with uh, our drinkers. And I think the biggest change um, that we've seen is change. Um, what we're seeing is that before in the past, it was like, okay, you can do a longitudinal study, you can do a monthly study, you can do all these kind of qualitative and quantitative types of analyses. But because um, the world is changing so quickly and cocktail culture and the way that people consume uh, drinks, we've had to really change that pace. And instead of monitoring things that we do on a monthly basis, we're really, really close to our drinkers and their behaviors. And we started, for example, um, a weekly newsletter that outlines to the business and organization, what are COVID innovations? Um, how is our business performing? And we're literally, I think it's the 44th edition that we're on since the pandemic started. And it's a newsletter and it's all about, I mean, the thing here is change is happening at a warp speed. That means that insights have to be de developed and delivered that quickly. Um, and also, you know, having the ability to, you know, distribute that information very quickly and widely to the right people so that they can make, you know, decisions quicker. So those are kind of, it's, it's, it's accelerated so fast and we're just trying to keep up with that. That newsletter that comes out, actually, you know, Pete Carr is nice enough to send it to the dean and I every week, and I use it. Uh, so I always give you guys credit uh, every week in my class, just certain pieces of it, just so students see that. So for the students that are in the uh, 1020 class right now, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about, because every time I show them that information, I follow up, I say, well, why? Well, this allows us to make better business decisions. If you're an operator, if you're a distributor, no matter where you are, if you're really watching at what's going on, you're better to, you know, it's better to make better decisions. So I think what you guys are doing is fantastic because as we move forward, the world of data analytics and of course, consumer behaviors are going to continuously change. And you know how we're measuring it and how we're watching it is going to be absolutely incredible. So I am so excited to hear that you've seen it before. And that really yeah. was born, that was literally born out of like, they need information, they need it fast. 
And then it's grown into like this little mini cult following. Wow, yeah. Simone does an amazing job and then it snows Yay. in Rhode Island. So I pick on her. Oh yeah, yeah. We're all hooked up with that stuff. That's but awesome. thank you for that. Does, does cool. a great job. You know, I'm going to throw this over to Gabe Rutia, but you know, you mentioned uh home premise and, you know, we heard Pete Carr talking about that, you know, a while back and we says, well, this is going to be the new normal, but you know, inside the Bacardi 2021 cocktail trends, you got some really good stuff. So uh, what a better guy to take us down this path. And of course, uh, Professor Jodge is our spirits professor. We're looking forward to get his insights, but uh, uh, Professor Rutia, let me throw it over to you and we'll pick it up with some of the, the online space and online spirit sales. And Gabby, there's nothing more important. You know, when I was working as a brand manager in Bacardi, you know, how fast can we get important information, consume it, and kind of give something to our, you know, basically our consumers to be able to have something that is actually still of value to them. Um, so this has been invaluable. And I've gotten a chance to see some of the newsletters as well. And it's been so awesome to see how everyone pivoted so fast, you know, pivot the word of, of 2020. And I think we're still going to use it for at least the first quarter of 2021. But I wanted to ask you first, you know, we spoke about home premise, but before we get into that, I wanted to ask you just overall, just a little bit more of a macro view on the 2021 uh, trend report and tell us kind of, you know, is this something that Bacardi does every year um, it's, or has it been happening just now after the pandemic and how does it affect brand teams and brands and how do they use it? Yeah, so this is something we're in our second year of doing this report. So it's actually pre-pandemic we're doing it. And what's really cool about this report, it's not just like a single study. What it actually does is it looks globally at um, everything from what our bartenders and our ambassadors are saying to what our drinkers are saying. And then we also partner up with... Um, Nielsen CGA, which they do a lot of the home premise, or sorry, on-premise um, research. And so it's really a macro view of, um, and a distilled, no pun intended, I love my puns, <laughs> love a, distilled, <laughs> um, a distilled view of what's really happening and what's very important for us uh, in the spirit industry. So Gabby, before we jump into kind of, you know, the home premise again, I wanted to, because you kind of touched up on it. You mentioned on-premise. There's obviously, you know, from what I know in the industry, off-premise, but now there's home-premise. So on-premise, just to make it simple, it will be basically bars and restaurants. Off-premise will be retail liquor stores. And then home-premise, is this something new because of the pandemic or has it existed pre-pandemic? And what exactly is home-premise? So a lot of that is due to, um, and this is one of the things that we found in the newsletter right away is, um, this whole massive e-com kind of growth, which has led to this blossoming of the home premise. Um, and to put it kind of in perspective for everyone, before COVID, only 1% of the spirit sales were online. Um, and to put it, uh, to help you to understand or conceptualize how quickly and dramatically the world changed in such a short period of time, um, what we used to see in one week of online sales, we started to see in a day. And what we used to see in a month of online sales, we started to see in a week. And this, like, this growth literally like boom, exploded. It was happening, but it for sure exploded over the pandemic. And I know for the Bacardi sales, um, it was uh, very healthy with you know 400% plus across all of the different uh, providers. 
Um, and so, I mean, even by, by middle of last year, we had already surpassed our full fiscal e-commerce volume. Um, and, you know, it was interesting here also what was happening is that we saw like the ultra premium and the premium tiers growing fastest. Um, and look, I mean, it was a, a lot of wonderful things happened. I talked about kind of like people making their cocktails at home and everything, um, but it helped people to be able to kind of experiment online um, and be able to have the convenience of having it at home. And like, I don't know about you guys, but like having a FedEx or UPS man or woman come to my door is like the most exciting thing that happens to me in my life now. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. A hundred percent. We, um, the, you know, we just... I just saw some news this morning, which I, I think talks directly to home premise. And we don't need to get into it because I know we got a long list on the trend report, but we just saw that Uber just purchased Drizzly for 1.3 billion. So I now that. spirits, wine and beer showing up to your home, to the home premise is now, um, you know, at the front of everything. It's, it's Uber, which just bought DoorDash for food is now getting into the spirits game. And I think that is a big deal. And I think it speaks to what you're saying and the importance to what home premise has become and, and what we're going to see from a permanent standpoint from that. Absolutely. You know, and it's, it's important to say, like, it's a lot of these trends were kind of starting to happening, but it's like the pandemic hit and like there's this huge magnifying and like just explosion catalyst of all these trends at a much um, faster and accelerated level. What I was going to say is, the pandemic's terrible, fine. But if it happened any year prior to 2020, it would have been mountainless. It would have been so much worse. Mountainlessly, I don't think it's the word. Um, but, you know, this, we're recording this on Zoom. Two years ago, Zoom didn't exist. We had Skype, which was terrible, or Blue Jeans. Two years ago, we really didn't have Instacart and all these home deliveries. We kind of got lucky that, it happened when the technology was ready for it. Um, so, so, you know, that is one of the great things that, that we do have going on right now. So, um, and I don't want to steal your thunder, Gabe, but. No, at all. I love it. Let's, let's talk about some of these. Um, we talked about uh, homes. Uh, yeah. The home premise online. Let's talk about what people are drinking, which I was kind of shocked with one of the things um, Negronis, because I love a Negroni, and I, I never order a Negroni out um, because I just don't think they're going to make it right. But the fact that Negronis are, are super hot right now, tequila I know is hot. Which is not my thing. But what else? What's hot? What's going on? Um, well, this one I found very interesting. Um, so it's a return kind of like where you're talking about the nostalgic class, but also a twist on the traditional cocktails. Um, so if you can remember pre-COVID life, uh, the world felt very, very loud. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but like literally it was so loud. I went into a sensory deprivation tank. Have you guys done that? <laughs> I paid a lot of money to return to how it felt to be in my mother's womb, apparently. <laughs> That's um, incredible. Yeah. So it was all about like, how do we quiet things and how do we like our sensories are, overlo are overloaded and now kind of the pendulum has really swung um, and it's much more about people are really looking to kind of awaken their taste buds. I mean, they've been on lockdown. They want anything to kind of simulate them. Um, and what we're starting to see is this idea of the pleasure revolution. So anything that makes your tongue dance, burn a little bit, fizzle, feel cool, tingle, anything like that, 
Um, and specifically placing kind of like um, this trend on the classic cocktails is what we're seeing. And one perfect example of this um, is this super, you know, chili trend, chili today, chili tomorrow. It's like, if you can make a chili teeny or a chile libre, a chili whiskey, you name it with a chili, it's, it's, it's happening. Um, yeah, and for me, I don't know if you, you guys have tried, but the a martini, you know, chili, kind of like the sweet and spicy, spiciness of it, it really does kind of awaken your tongue. And it's like sweet and spicy, just like me, I always say. So, um, yeah, those are, those are the trends that we're seeing, like a return, you know, kind of like to the classics, but putting some extreme, more extreme measures on them, whether it's sour, bitter, smoked, or chili. There's nothing like a spicy margarita. I, to me, that's just like, that's the kicker. Everyone asks, do you have jalapeno syrup at your house or, or a chili syrup? And they love that spicy margarita, which always, um, you always got to have that at your house from now on. So that's what's the jalapeno that you use just out of curiosity, because, uh, I'm always on the lookout for it. Oh, uh, I use whatever's in a supermarket. I'm pretty easy. And you know, if you don't get it in season, it won't be as spicy. So you get the flavor, but I just use whatever I can find at the supermarket. So I'm pretty easy and just create a simple, simple syrup. So um, we spoke about uh, a little bit of the classics. I wanted to kind of jump into RTD. And what RTD is, is ready to drink. So when you are in the liquor store and you're actually seeing um, a can that has the actual cocktail made in it, you know, I always tell everyone, people are like, well, that must not be good. And I'm like, well, look, it's not 1990 anymore. The ingredients have caught up. We've learned how to stabilize ingredients and we can put fresh, incredible ingredients, including real rum in a can, very similar to what Bacardi is doing. So tell us how that is growing and how now you go to any liquor store and there's actually a ready to drink section where um, I guess this home premise is really, really getting after it. Yeah, RTD, I mean, you said it, it's like this massive wave of innovation that's come. And it's actually growing at, I think it's around 130% versus previous year. It's the fastest growing. Um, and I, I love, it's a good point what you just said is it's real rum inside. It's not just like, you know, a malted beverage or something like this. Um, and the reason people are wanting to drink RTD, 30% of all people are saying it's because of the portability and the convenience. I mean, all you really have to do is like stop you know, and pop and take a sip. Um, and what we're seeing specifically, we're seeing the vodka sodas and the flavors. That's the biggest part of the market. And those are growing uh, double digit. But second to that, we're also seeing margarita, Moscow mule, and those are also um, double digit. And like you said, we, we launched last summer, we launched um, some ready to drink Bacardi rums, the Bahama mama mojitos, all of that. And, um, on the horizon, we have Bombay Sapphire coming soon with um, a GNT Yeah, and it's, look, these are, we, what I love about Bacardi and, and then the research that we do, we work with bartenders to develop these flavors to make sure it's as close as possible to the one that your, you know, that your bartender would make at your favorite place, um, but with a convenience factor. And you just spoke about tequila. Um, tequila... One of the best-selling cocktails on any menu in the United States, as we know, is a margarita. But now we're seeing that starting to trend again when we saw in the reports. But right, riding its coattails, we have mezcal as well. We have gin. Um, so does this kind of 
speak to what you were saying, where there's that little extra kick that consumers are looking for, uh, that spice. So maybe it's that smoke and mezcal, maybe it's the botanicals and gin. Um, so what's going on there? Yeah, it's tequila time for sure um, in the U.S. Um, so yes, you're right. Part of that is, um, as you said, kind of like the, the spiciness factor. But the also the other thing is that if you think about when the pandemic happened, let's see, here's a quiz. What was about to happen or what happened soon after the pandemic? What was the first major kind of holiday? Do you guys remember? St. Patrick's Day. Uh, St. Patty's Day. Yes, but then Cinco de Mayo. So oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Remember your crowd here, Gabby. Come on now. Sorry, remember sorry. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> okay, fine, fine, fine. Um, okay, so close to that was Cinco de Mayo. And guys, like, this was in the midst of the pandemic, but people still celebrated at home. And I think that that was one of the reasons that it led to people mixing up their own margaritas at home. Like you said, margarita was already like the number one cocktail in the U.S., um, and then there's the whole idea of, you know, people wanting quality over quantity when it came to tequila and kind of exploring um, the different types of, of tequila and exploring premium since they had more discretionary income, they could buy these kind of um, premium tequilas. And then, you know, the last thing that happened, and I don't know if you've heard of these people, but these very beautiful humans, you had George Clooney, LeBron James, The Rock, you may have heard of them. They started launching some pretty big tequilas. Um, the Rock was like the the number one most liked person in the world. You know, when he has two hundred million followers and he launches a tequila, you know it's going to have some kind of uh, impact. So, all of these different factors have led to a massive boom in tequila. And it's so it's 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 awesome to see. And and um, Professor Dodge, because you're you're the spirits guy here just seeing that they're just on top of this um, kind of trend, but with quality ingredients, right? Just like we spoke about 100% agave, which is so important. Yeah, no, and I was also going to say is uh, Mr. Rock, Mr. Mr. Dwayne Johnson, if you're listening, we would love to have you on too, Barbara. Yes! At any point. Yay! Uh, and also you know, LeBron James. <laughs> and George Clooney, why not? <laughs> Welcome to join us. Um, and, you know, it's not for me. I am not the tequila guy, but I know it's it's so huge. And the other side of that coin is not everybody is a chef. Not everybody is a mixologist. And that's the great thing about these RPDs is, you know, I've got friends, I've got relatives who can't boil water, and I probably wouldn't let them make me a drink. But if they could pop a can, and now I've got a Moscow Mule, that's pretty cool. And there's all these machines now, like um, uh, it's the, the Keurig is making like cocktail machines where it's all it's done. It's kind of like a pod. Yeah. yeah. Like I saw it the other day. It's crazy. So there's a lot of cool stuff coming out. And, um, you know, I, I'm thrilled that I got this uh, um, information, but there's some other cool stuff like these hyper local drinks and zero waste. You know, we are at a time where, we want to be sustainable. So, you know, there's nothing more sustainable than going down the street and definitely zero waste. So what's going on with, with that? Yeah, I, this is actually one of my 
favorite um, kind of trends. I mean, this is something, sustainability has been really important um, for a while, but what we're seeing is that the intensity of the importance is rising. Around 70% of people say that um, they choose brands um, you know, it's very important for it to be sustainable or eco-friendly. And when it comes to zero waste, it's a small but critical movement that's happening. Um, and it's zero waste is basically about, you know, focusing on careful use of each ingredient, um, making, you know, less elaborate garnishes on cocktails, minimizing the packaging, repurposing the ingredients. Um, it's, it's really taking care to make sure that you, you know, you, you waste as, as, as little as possible. Um, yeah, and, and I have to say, you know, um, I found out about this and, and I was amazed. Like, actually, Bacardi is doing two amazing initiatives in this um, area. And the first one is by 2030 to be plastic free, 100% plastic free, which is really great. But the second one, I think, is more, more exciting because it's about to happen, which is basically the creation of the first 100% biodegradable spirit bottle. I mean, that is like massive news. Um, I, I think it's amazing. It's it's eliminating for us um, the burden that we place, which is 80 million plastic bottles, about 3,000 tons of waste. Sorry, three, yes, 3,000 tons of waste. Um, and that's coming in 2023. That's just right around the corner. So, um, you know, sustainability for us is a huge, it's something that's been part of our, our, our past. And it's something that's absolutely core to our future. And I'm really excited about these different innovations that are coming that way. So I guess that won't be the, the most collectible bottle because it'll, it'll, it'll biodegrade. So that won't be the vintage Bacardi that we, we all hold for 100 years. And that's a good thing, right? That's, that's you know, we want to enjoy spirits with friends. I want to say, I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. You have a point there. I wanted to kind of quickly shift into the on-premise. So we spoke a little bit about home-premise. We spoke about off-premise. So tell us a little bit. So we saw this in a report bar reinvention. So what I've seen, for example, is this hyper-focus to the outdoors, hyper-focus to ingredients that they can find all around them, really making the guests feel safe. But what is going on there? Because this is going to be huge. Yeah, I think that there's a couple of things about the bar reinvention. I mean, if you think about it, um, the world has changed dramatically, like we keep saying. Um, And if habits take anywhere from a month to a year to form, uh, we got it. You know, a lot of the habits that we've learned during COVID are probably going to be here and to stay. Um, and when you think about, so first I'll talk about the on-premise. So there, what we're seeing and what we expect is delivering cocktails to go. We think that they're going to be here and, and be here to stay. Um, we've seen that um, we interviewed as part of the, the research, we interviewed um, some bartenders and they basically said that like, you know, Globally, like gin is the number one um, delivery and cocktail, and it's here to stay, followed by rum and then tequila. And I think thinking about the on-premise, the other things that will probably stay are um, the apps uh, for ordering and also the type, how the payment is processed. So I think that for the on-premise, those are kind of the ones that we're going to see stay. How many times did you go to Europe and you went to go pay and they came to your table and they swiped your card. And I'm like, when is this coming to the United States? And I'm like, it's finally here. So absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the good things for sure. That's really cool. One of the things I don't like is I went to a restaurant in Virginia and you know they, they had the card there and you scan with your phone and you ordered your food on the on your app. You paid on the app, you did everything on your app, and the 
um, waiter was just a food runner. So you had zero interaction. That I don't like. I still want some sort of interaction. And then they charge me 20% tip. It's like, <laughs> what? I don't, I don't know if a food runner gets a 20% tip, but yeah. So, so definitely the, the, the technology is, is good. We're, we're, we're lucky we've got that. Well, and I think it also misses not having the experience, which I think a lot of, you know, drinkers love, which is, you know, the opportunity to, for the waiter to explain what the cocktail is and how it pairs with the food and the chance to upsell. I mean, like, that's a very big, I think, missed opportunity not to have them. Oh, yeah. You know, when we speak a little bit about that, that, um, that sustainability, um, another one we saw was zero waste bars. So that's going to be um, you spoke about the garnish 100%. This is going to be something. So there's actually bars, you know, according to the report that literally have close to zero waste coming from cocktails. So they are, I mean, as an example, using every single part of the lemon and creating, you know, even a stock from the actual lemon peels, for example. I mean, it's extraordinary to see. I, I haven't seen much of it, but I'm exciting. And if you can give us any insight on that, because it's 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 exciting to see. Because I think consumers are becoming a little bit more conscious of 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 the world around them. You know, you see Bacardi gonna make this big change in 2023, um, but are the bars making that big change? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the pressure is on. Um, you know, according to the EPA, I think it's like half of all uh, U.S. landfills trash, um, food waste, and packaging accounts for half of them. Um, and really, like, I think that that's going to, I think maybe consumers will start to really influence that trend and, and demand it. Like you said, it's, um, it's about repurposing and, and being able to use, you know, some of the things that you would discard to, to new ways. Um, and it's really about, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's a great one. I think that that's a great point. That's awesome. That's awesome. We, um, one big thing for us, uh, not only at, at, and if I can speak for everyone here, at the Bacardi Center of Excellence, but also at Bacardi, is that we're all about um, being uh, mindful and, and, and understanding the way we consume um, and always being as safe as possible. So, you know, during a pandemic when, you know, there's a lot of different um, obstacles and things going on, you know, we're very cognizant of, of mindful consumption. And we notice that that is also in the trend report. So we are seeing um, one big thing of of these uh, non-alcoholic spirits that are are, are are starting to rise. We're starting to see menus that have cocktails being created without spirits in them. And we're also seeing um, even consumers, whether it be at home or going to the bars, that are actually uh, consuming low um, ABV cocktails, where, which is low alcohol, um, lower alcohol cocktails. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, this is, again, this was something that was um, definitely a trend that was happening before, but now it's being accelerated during this time. Um, more than 60% of people are planning to drink um, low or no alcohol options this year. I mean, that's that's pretty significant. And in a lot of cases, it's, you know, whether it's, you know, drinking them intermittently or it's, you know, adding them to their repertoire, um, it's really all about people are stopping to sip, slow down, savor. And one of the biggest um, trends is the, the idea of the spritz. So spritzing mindfully. Um, 
this year we launched, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the Martini Rossi Fiero. I mean, look, I was not a low no person before this, but um, the Martini and Rossi Fiero, it's like this beautiful vermouth. It's like this orange sunset kind of color, ABV about 14, 15%. And I mean, if you compare that to a gin or vodka around 40%, that's really nice. And um, that's a really nice option. And what I think is very cool is that what I found in drinking this is that um, the bitterness and the sweetness of the Valencia oranges, it's really refreshing, it's fizzy. I don't feel that I have to compromise on the experience because it's such a nice like pick me up kind of flavor. And when you, you're supposed to pair it with tonic, but I pair it with soda water and it cuts down on calories. And it's just like this amazing low ABV, low calorie, win-win kind of situation. Um, Fiero was massive for us in Europe. Uh, and we're super excited that it's coming here. Um, and that's one of the options for low and no ABV that we're right on the on the verge of, of bringing out. And a lot of people don't know this, but but part of the, you know, Bacardi family is Martini and Rossi. So those beautiful vermouths, uh, the Prosecco, the Asti, um, that's something that still lives here in the United States and is a very big favorite. I actually love vermouth on the rocks with a with a twist of lime. So with with a twist of lemon, I'm sorry. Um, so that's 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 my mindful concern. Is that how you drink the Fiero? Oh yeah, the Fiero. I love it with a grapefruit peel. Um, and and oh. just on the rocks, and it's just barbecue. So I love and it. And isn't it? It's a beautiful. Like the color is so vibrant. And like, it reminds me of a sunset in a, in a glass whenever I have it. I just think it's gorgeous. Yeah, I think also with the, the low overall, you know, alcohol, it's becoming a much more social drink too, uh, where, you know, I did some work with a company out of Rhode Island called Keel, just helping them out. And they were, they were ahead of the time with it. And right now they're doing great with that. So it's interesting because I know, I don't know, Gabriel, how you feel about it, but some bar professionals don't like it. But if you think about it strategically, it's a good move as far as menu pricing, as far as what the guest is looking for. If you look at the popularity of like Michelob Ultra and those type of brands, they're fitting right into there with calories. They're fitting right into there into a lifestyle. So it's Absolutely. So what do you guys think? Should we uh, more more get into a little bit of the speed rail? What do we think? Ooh, of I course. Think so. let's, let's hit the music. Let's hit the music. <laughs> So welcome to this speed rail. And this is going to be called uh, trends. Yeah or nah. Yeah or nah as far as trends go here. So we're going to take a little bit uh, into the current. Uh, we're going to take a little look into the past. And you guys started hinting a little bit before about, well, we're going to actually talk a little bit about celebrity brands. Are they going to hit or are they going to not going to hit? So keeping all these great trends into mind, let's first take a quick little uh look to the past. Now, Nathan and I were communicating about this and I said, hey, this is what I want to talk about. We both said the same exact brand at first. So I'm going to hold off on that one, Nathan. But, uh, you know, the beer industry, and this is for everybody and we'll go around the horn as per usual, but the beer industry has been very interesting. Do any of you guys remember the B to E, which is the caffeinated Budweiser product? I see Gabriel's face. Gabby, do you remember that brand at all? Oh, yeah. OK. So Budweiser getting into the caffeinated beer business to try to compete with the Red Bulls or the energy drinks in the market. And then we're going to put that up against all right, we're going to put it up against the uh, uh, the Annie Mae, which is a Coors product. And I might be saying that wrong, but this was a female friendly. Imagine this, a female friendly beer. So 
what direction we're going to go with our female friendly beer or our caffeinated beer gabe rutia first things first we'll give the other two a chance to talk what are you going to order i launched b to the e here in south florida back in 2005 um which I hold near and dear to my heart, but I know there was some legal implications behind having that. So I'm going to have to throw all my support over to uh, Annie Mae, I guess. <laughs> Interesting stuff. All right, Eugene Dodge, uh, where are you going to go up there? Are you going to caffeinate your beer or do you, uh, do you want to have something a little bit more on the feminine side? Well, I know you like the Michelob Ultra, which, you know, that's um, kind of girly beers. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you have your, your Mick Ultra. Okay, that doesn't, that wasn't part of it, but I'm down with that. That works as well. All right, so Gabriella, where are you going to go here first? Because remember, we're putting this up against things. So uh, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to say eh, to both. <laughs> no, no further comments. Uh, Pass on both. I like it. I like it. I like it. You're going with that. So now let's go back to Gabe Rutia. We're going to throw in the Zima. Are you going to go with the classic Zima launched by Coors Brewing Company in 1993 uh, versus your B&E uh, successful failure? Uh, no, actually, you went the uh, the the anime there. So what's it going to be here? The Zima or in Dodge? We know what direction you're going in. I am a 90s guy. I love the design. Um, I'm 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 a Zima dude. I love Zima. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, someone capture that soundbite, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right, so, Nate, so you brought up Zima to me today. So, so can I put the Jolly Ranchers in my Zima? <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Products of the '90s is right, huh? Zima I think I'm going to put some Jolly. So, yes, they. I don't remember when they stopped making Zima, but about maybe a year ago, two, two, maybe two, they had like a limited time offer of Zima. Yes. And I picked up a six pack. Oh, of and course I, you did. I swung by and I picked up some Jolly Ranchers and oh I, my God. it's as bad as I remember it being, but I enjoyed it. So I'm going to have Zima and Jolly Ranchers. Right. I'm going to Nathan's party. Like I'm on my way with my mask. Um, I would love to uh, uh, remember those days of um, when I was over 21 and oh, I yes, enjoyed yes, yes. yes. And I enjoyed those. Um, yeah. Wait. Break out the scrunchie and the Zima. We're heading to Dodge's I'm backyard. There. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. And believe it or not, Zima is still popular and trending well in the Japanese market. Go figure. Oh, wow. Okay. So before we get to our celebrity brands, uh, this is the more modern approach. And, uh, you know, the uh, 2020 dumpster fire of a year, uh, it's really kind of hard to gauge what trends we're talking about there. But if we look back to uh, 19 uh, or 2018, let's talk a little bit about if that's still going on, your expert opinion, as well as your own, if you will, insights with it all. Uh, the easy one out there is, uh, and this is going to be that yeah or nah, will it stick around? Does it have legs? What do you think? So, uh, Gabrielle, let's go to you to the, the hard salsa. Where do you think about the hard salsa? Is it going to stay? Is going to go here to stay it's the new normal what do you think i think um hmm the hard seltzers um i would say the rtds with spirits are here to stay Good. um they, yes and i, I mean it. i just think the portability and the convenience of it um and then the endless amount of innovation that can come from it it's here to stay rtd spirits Good for you. Dodgy, what do you think on the, the hard seltzer? Are you going to stick or what? I think they're going to stick, but I don't think all of them are. There's too many. There's Every beer brand has one. 
Um, and if we kind of look back to the 80s, where everybody was coming out with some sort of a wine cooler, and they're all gone. So I think we're going to have some, um, you know, the only, only the strong will survive. But I, yeah, there's not going to be 50 of them. Okay, that's a very valid point. Very good on that one. Gabriel, what do you think there? Professor? I'm with yeah. Professor Dodge. I think we're going to have a couple that stick around. Very, very similar to what happened with, with uh, um, kind of the wine coolers in the past that we had a couple that stuck around. And I think that, that's about it. Yeah, and, I, and I'm right there with you guys because um, the strong will survive on that and the the kind of late to entry market, they're not going to play out. And, you know, one of the things that I also really like about the, the Bacardi RTD product is that, and Pete Carr even said this, they have flavor. They have a flavor and a lot of the hard salsas don't. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox there. Hey, Dodgy, I'm going back to you because a couple of weeks back, uh, you know, you sent the Sunday brunch picture with these absolute over-the-top garnish Bloody Marys. Over-the-top Garnish Bloody Marys with a Cornish game hand and a Cubano sandwich coming out of it. So, mm. you know, um, good. <laughs> you know, and you guys had a great conversation going there uh, about zero waste bars. Uh, Dodge, what do you think of the uh, the over the top garnishes, particularly on your beloved Bloody Marys? You know, it, it, it's crazy. The 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 Cornish game hand. I was at my in-laws and the father-in-law made it literally Cornish game hand. Bacon wrapped scallops were on there, shrimp. It's like it was in a glass. It was just too much. Um, I, I Yeah, we're going to always have garnishes. But, you know, the the super fresh flowers and things like that, that that's all comes and goes. Um, we're we're going to get rid of There's too much. Okay. All right, good. All right, Gabe Ruti, what do you think of the over-the-top garnish? Are they going to be sticking around or are we uh, moving on? I don't think so. I, I, I think there's beauty and simplicity, and I think we'll start seeing – you know, maybe a different type of rim or a different type of salt and maybe, uh, you know, a, a, a lemon wedge on it just to add a little bit of citrus. But, but that's about it. I'm a yeah. simple dude. Yeah, so no, you don't it, want it, my uh, chicken on your... Uh, <laughs> uh, the Cornish game hen, you know, that's, that's about right. Gabrielle, what do you think of the garnish on? I think I'm going to go uh, not with the two of them, the two professors. Um, I think I think initially, given the whole extremism that we talked about, the trend about like needing sensory overload, like to get us back to where we used to be. Um, I think that, um, yeah, no, garnishes are going to continue to be important and kind of like a way to stimulate people and get people, you know, enjoy their beverages more. So I'm going to say they're here to stay for a while longer. Okay. Hey, that's fair enough, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I think I'm going with Gabe on that one too. Gabe Rutia on that one that I love. There's something about simplicity uh, and, you know, it's the Italian approach. And I think Uncle Lars will like it when I say that, let the music sing, or excuse me, let the food sing. In this case, let the cocktail sing. So that's great. Stuff. So the last one, go ahead on, on the modern approach here. Uh, and, you know, Gabriella, we'll go to you here. And, you know, we talked about kind of some of the new innovations, but, you know, for a while there, believe it or not, mocktails, uh, these mocktails were, were trending, you know, and there definitely was a time and place. Um, and I agree with what Gabe was saying earlier about we're seeing some innovation with kind of uh, fresh juices and that type of stuff right now. But what about that mocktail? Is, is that mocktail here to stay or is it going to, again, be put to our stern? Um, I, you know, no low has, was growing, no, no, and low was growing before the pandemic and it only accelerated, uh, during, I think that, um, I mean, I know we have a bunch of innovations on the horizon, but I, it's forecasted to continue to grow. So absolutely it's here to stay for a while longer. Um, it's going to be, you know, like our, 
martini zero that we're launching, uh, alcohol. Um, I think that those are the ones that are going to continue to grow. Yeah, right there. And that. Dodgy, what do you think on the uh, the mocktails? I don't know. That that's not my thing. I, I don't. If I'm going <laughs> to yeah, have, I've seen the bar in your house. Yeah. If so. I'm going to have a non-alcoholic drink, it's probably going to be a tap water. Um, <laughs> that yeah. sounds delicious. Yeah, it's, it's not my thing. Good, Gabe. What do you think? I'm all for it, man. I I love what's happening in this space. They're distilling different botanicals and liquids, and they're creating what what are cocktails without spirits. So it kind of goes hand in hand with the low ABV. I'm starting to see more menus with it. And I just love the way bartenders are engaging, whether you are going to have a cocktail or you're going to have a mocktail. I think it's awesome to see both sides. Good. People like options. So I, yeah. Yeah. I just don't like the cheesy ones that they're doing or the spinoffs on that, you know, you know, the, the Miami vice or something like that. Oh. But I, I, I'm right there with the professor, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> you know, when they're, they're pushing the envelope a little bit more as well. All right. So the last couple of ones are just kind of this or that and the celebrity edition here, because as you guys said, uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson's in the game. There's a bunch of great players out there, but there's more than you actually think. So ladies hmm. first on this one. So Gabriella, if you had to pick this up, you know, or someone's going to be giving it to you. Would you rather have a craft vodka from Kate Hudson, right? Or an organic wine from Carmen, uh, Carmen Diaz? Uh, I'm going to go with Kate Hudson Kate on this Hudson. one. Yeah. All right. Comfy, happy, cool. Yeah. I dig that. I dig that. All right, good. All right, so uh, let's go up there to uh, Nathan Eugene Dodge. You know, you mentioned uh, Dwayne The Rock before, but how about this one? Let's go gin against gin. Ooh. How about uh, Snoop Dogg and his gin venture versus <laughs> Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds, the aviator gin, also known as uh, the Deadpool. No, I'm just kidding, but where are you going to go? You're going to go to Snoop Dogg or you're going to go to Ryan Reynolds? I, I do like aviation gin. I have a bottle in the house, but I do. You know, before I sort of classed it, I had on the Snoop D O double G uh, plan. So maybe I'll do that. Snoop All right, I dig that, you know. And it's amazing, you know, when I'm doing research for these things, there are so many, so many uh, successful. There's some challenging, that means failures, but there's some also uh, uh, brands out there that are great. So Gabe Rutia, last but not least for you here, uh, are you going to be going with uh, the former Van Halen frontman, Sammy Hagar, with Cabo Wabo success, but now venturing off into tequila, uh, as well as tequila mezcal mixtures uh, with Adam Levine of Maroon 5, and of course, our friend of the South Beach Food and Wine Festival, Guy Fietti, versus also friends of our South Beach Food and Wine Festivals, the boys from Breaking Bad. So we're going tequila, mezcal versus mezcal. What are you going to be doing? i got to go with Sammy Hagar, man. He's a legend. I love what he brought to the table from a music standpoint. And he helped carry that brand. And he brought it. He he brought quality tequila um, to the bars. And he brought a guitar with him. So rock and roll, baby. That's a, there you go, gang. I love it. That's fantastic. So that's going to be a wrap on our fun speed rails. Really good insights, though. Really good insights. So, all right, Nathan, Eugene Dodge, any closing comments, sir? Um, you know, everyone drink responsibly. Have fun out there. We will see you back in the classroom soon. Uh, don't forget Bar, what is it, Bar, Bar Project 21, Brian? Bar Project 2021, launching tomorrow. Awesome. All I got. You got it. Gabe Rutia, thank you for joining us. Any closing comments, Professor? Thank you so much for having me. Of course, don't forget to follow um, the Bartenders Guild FIU on Instagram and the Bacardi Center of Excellence. 
Oh, you're good at that stuff. Gabriella, thank you so much for your insights, your wisdom. Thank you, uh, one of my favorite things to thank talk you. about is trends. This is great. So, of course, thank you all for listening. If you have any further questions about the Bacardi Sound of Excellence, feel free to reach out to me at bconnors at fiu.edu. And, of course, as Professor Eugene Nathan Dodge said, wait a minute, was that right? Yes, it was. Uh, is check out our Bar Project 2021 launching tomorrow when we reimagine, rethink, and reset the hospitality industry. Until next week, thank you all. Thank you, guys. Bye.